to you tonight, God. We ask you to speak to us, Father God. We ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. Father, we ask for ears to be open and hearts to be enlarged tonight, Father God. Give us new hearts. Yes. Father God, download fire, God. Download the Holy Spirit and joy, Father God. Let us walk in your per perfect will with faith and power, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, speak to us tonight, O oh Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This message is called, Prison of Your Own Making. Matthew 18, 21-35. Then came Peter and said unto him, said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? So Jesus was talking to him about the seven times thing, and about the righteous man, and all those different things. And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So what is he saying, obviously? Every single time, no matter how many times, it doesn't matter. Jesus, when we came into the kingdom and we received the cross in Jesus, we gave up all of our rights when we did that. And with that, we get everything in return, life and eternal life. So we have to guard our heart. The Bible says, out of our heart, those issues of life. So then Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore, is the kingdom of, of God like this, or like a certain king? So he's talking about, he's talking about the kingdom of God. So who knows? We know that Jesus, that God, the Father, is the king. But he's making a parable here. To a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon... One was brought unto him, kind of like Judgment Day, right? Kind of a little bit. Which owed him 10,000. And now we, when we go to Judgment Day and we bring him, we owe him our life. And he's going to take account of how we are and what we've done and with what he's given us and how we've walked the walk and different things. And, and he says, For much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him and and to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and the payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him all his debt. Who did that for us? Jesus. We didn't, earn, we didn't do nothing for it. He did it for us. And he had, God had compassion on mankind, sent his son to pay the price. And all of us, whether it's a little bit of sin, a lot of sin, we all have sin that Jesus paid the price for. So God is saying this to us. All that I've done for you, and when you don't do it to other people, it's going to come back on you. In other words... God revokes. We get revoked when we don't forgive. That's one of the things in the Bible that he's very clear about. And we're going to show you in the scripture. And I only poured, pulled out a few different places. But he's trying to make us understand this guy was owned all this. So our wages 
of sin was death. We are all owed our life and we'd be in hell. And then he, Jesus came and paid it for us and said, we don't have to do it. And he forgave us. Amen? So then God said, this is like what the kingdom of God is like. And then he says, And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him and forgave him his debt. How many know everybody in the world is in bondage with the devil? Whether they know it or not, whether they think they're free, we come to Jesus and he sets us free. The Bible says that the sun sets free is free indeed. What do you mean? I wasn't free. I, I, I love, I was, uh, people say, well, I have money, houses, cars, all that. But they don't realize they're in bondage to the world. They're blind and they don't realize that they're slaves in this invisible realm to, a, to another God of this world and His name. Little God, He's not God, but He's the Prince of the Air and the Thief. And He's the Devil. And He's the Father of all sinners. So, Jesus said, I take your place on the cross and I take your sin and now I... Spirit of adoption, now I become your father, and I restore all things that were back in the garden. So, this is like the kingdom of God. And then he says, we don't care what the world does. The world, and before Jesus even, was an eye for an eye. Remember, even in the Old Testament, if someone murdered, you would kill them. If someone did this, you know. now Jesus said, I've come and died on the cross. Now, to give you life, and life more abundantly, so now, someone hits you on the cheek, what do you do? You don't, you don't hit them on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. And, I, I mean, I'd say like this, I wouldn't turn the other cheek and hit me right here. I'd, uh, he hit me one side, and I'd turn the other cheek and run. Because if you can't hit him back, you might as well run. <laughs> but what did Jesus do? He let him hit him, beat him, and what? He he couldn't have he couldn't have got offended at the people because he'd be in sin. And now the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in us, and God expects us to die to holding offense to anybody because of what Jesus did, not because they, not because of what you you're right or wrong, because of what He did and what He did for you, because all of us were wrong. So, it says here that he was moved with compassion, and when the servant found out, one and, and the servant found out one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, "Pay me all that you owe me." In other words, he owed him, but he owed a lot more, and this guy that was above him, forgave him all his debt, and we know that's God forgiving us all our sins, then our brother comes, or sister, or whatever, I'm soon I say brother, I'm talking about all of us, brother, and commits sin towards us, and then we want revenge. We want to say they owe, when God's saying, wait a second, I forgave you all your sin, and now you're going to hold it against someone else? That's partially in a, a, a shadow of a form of you know, hypocrisy. It's like you expect God to forgive you, but then you don't forgive others. That's why Jesus said, this can't be in the kingdom. So then he says this. God gets very angry at this, this type of behaviors because he says this. He says, the guy grabs him by the throat, 
and he sa he says, and, and he says he would not as he went and cast him in. So, so he says, he, and 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 the fellow servant fell on his feet and saying, "Have patience with me, and I'll pay thee." And he would not. So that guy's asking for mercy just as the one did, and he's saying no. So what was given to him, he doesn't want to give it to somebody else. And all of us end up doing that. This is for Christians. And then the world would say, well, they better do this or do that, or they want to pay, they need to pay the price back. But he said, so he said this. And he would not, but when he was cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw what was done, he was very, very sorry, and he came and told unto their Lord all that he's done. Then the Lord, after that, he had called him and said unto him, O oh, you wicked servant, I forgave you. So God's saying, Christians, brothers and sisters, um, I forgave you all your sin, now you're holding sin against your brother. He says this, And I had called him and said unto him, O oh, you wicked servant, I forgave you all of your debt. And we know that Jesus paid the debt for sin for us. Because thou desireth me, should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant and have pity on me? And it's funny, the Bible also says, Who is forgiven much, loves much. You see that? So if we have to continue to look at the cross. And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. So that guy that was forgiven all that, Thus was angry because he's like, I forgave you all that debt. Now this other guy doesn't even owe you as much as you owe me. And now you grab him by the throat. And you want to persecute him. And you want revenge. And you're right because he owes you. But he, God's saying, it doesn't matter if you're right and you've been done wrong too. I forgave you all. And that's how we have to live our lives all the time in the kingdom. So he says this. You should have had compassion on the fellow servant, even as I had pity on you. And he's like, how dare you? I forgave you all. Do you see my son hanging on the cross, dripping blood for all of your sin, and you want to hold the sin of your brothers and sisters against you when they're having trouble? Then he says, so now we live in a spiritual kingdom. Then God was showing me this as this parable comes to life. He's like, and the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the torment. So what ends up happening when we're unforgiveness? God delivers us over to the devil and he torments us in condemnation, right? And, and, and all the time, we can't love or do anything because now we're handed over into darkness because the Bible says if you hate your brother and all these things, that you become light and blinded and you can't even see. So, and, and he says, oh, and it's funny because God picked, showed this up to me. It's like a torment of our own prison. It's like we're not put in, put in handcuffs in jail and that, but we get out of the presence of God and we end up getting in a place where we start to feel um, the enemy actually has uh, a place to mock us, torment us, make us. He's, he's in there and we're, we're in this battle in our mind because of, 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 of not forgiving our brothers and sisters. And that's why even people in the world, even people in the world know the power of forgiveness. If you've ever seen people, they'll be like, I've never forgiven them. But they don't know and all of us have heard this before. Um, when someone does you wrong, you don't forgive them. It's like some people don't even know that that person did wrong. Some people think 
that they know all those people know that all the things they've done, and some of them don't even realize what they've done, and you you have all this anger towards them and all these things. You're actually beating yourself, and you're tormenting yourself. And some have said it's like drinking poison, hoping the other person that that hurts you or um, did you wrong dies of the poison, but you poison you. So now in the kingdom, we're in this spiritual realm. So we, and that's why this message is called the, the prison of our own making. Because when we don't forgive our brothers and sisters, we put ourselves in like a spiritual prison where we, we can't love and joy. We put walls up. We start to get touchy. Um, and, and, and we start to get away because our, our heart gets shut down. And the Bible says guard your heart. means guard it for out of it flows the issues of life. So offense always comes in the heart. And once offense comes in, if you let it take root, then the, 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 the thing that grows out of it is bitterness. And that's why, but my mother, or my father, or you don't know what she did. They used to be, man. So when we come to Jesus, he understands. That's why we have anger and all these issues. So Jesus comes to set us free of that. But if we don't let go of those things of our past and all that, there's Christians that live tormented and under oppression. It's like, why why is that, that person still so angry? Well, he he still hasn't really forgiven his father. He still hasn't really um, forgiven that ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, or that 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 um, per person that was beat by his mom and dad or, or somebody, you know what I'm saying? And they hold on to it. And those are the people that... God usually touches, so he sees all that, so he has compassion, because he's like, I know why they're like that, they're so angry, they're so bitter, because of their upbringing, but then I come to heal them, so then God starts to heal us, and starts to let us, um, let all those things go, and we start to be free, and then later we get free, then all of a sudden, we start to say, well, I'm not going to forgive my brother, do you know what she said to me, or do you know what he did, no. so we start to make these lists, and when we have lists and different things, it means we're really not forgetting. But then we, we, we lie to ourselves because we know that. We say, oh, I forgive them. But when you really forgive, there has to be fruit. Because when you don't forgive somebody, what happens is you start to get, um, if it's somebody close to you, you there's, a, there's a separation that starts to happen. You can't rightfully love. You can't really walk hand in hand because you know that your heart's... And you know when you're mad at someone, you're like, oh, I don't want to see them today. Why? Because you haven't really... But if you forgive and you're like, oh, what was that? You know, somebody did something wrong. So that's why people go to courtrooms and they're like, I forgive you even in the world. Like, there's just a this big... Because Satan has this power over people that, that won't forgive. So it's just forgiven until... And we know that Jesus paid it all on the cross. He paid it. He paid our debt. He's that. He's the one that we cried out for compassion. God, save me, a sinner. I need your help. And he said, okay. And then he's like, now you, you're not going to let other trespasses go. So turn, go to Matthew 6, 9-15 if you're following. Then he said, after this matter, he said, pray to the Father. And you know, way before this, it talks about keys to the kingdom. And it's talking about binding and loosing. It's like... We have the keys to the kingdom to set people free through the power of the blood of Jesus, through 
these things. If you go back and read, it's like, why do you go right into these? And you got to start to meditate and ask God, like, why would you go from that and that? It doesn't even feel like it goes together, but it's like going right together. And then the revelation will start to come. It's like, kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts. And as we forgive our debtors. This is like the prayer of God. You know, this is like the Lord. You know, they said they called it the Lord's prayer. But what he's saying is, this is how we live our life. We bring the kingdom. We loosen it on earth because we have the keys before that. In, in the chapter, the whole chapter before that, and we forgive people our debt. We, he, for, we, he, for, we pray He forgives our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from your, Thy kingdom, Thy power. So what is He saying? People are gonna owe. People are gonna offend you. People are gonna do things, but you gotta forgive them. Peter's like, what do you mean? How many times? I mean, all day long, God. I mean, like f at least five times. It's gotta be enough. And He's like, always. He's like, always. He said, lead us not to temptation, deliver us from evil, for thy kingdom and thy power and thy glory forever. For if you forgive men their trespasses, here it is very simply, if you do it, God, your heavenly Father also forgives you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, trespassing is offenses, Someone steals from you, somebody hits you, whatever's done wrong to you, it's a trespass. You have your, your, um, you know, your domain, you, you know, we call it your boundaries or whatever. If someone crosses it, you know, you have these things. They, you know, they, they talk, they gossip about whatever we have to forgive them. It doesn't matter what they did, because once you don't do that, then to, in God's eyes, you become just like that person that did that. So when you forgive them, then God deals with the situation. But when you don't, then there's no real justice because the only one, the only time you can really get justice in the kingdom of God is when you forgive. Because when you want justice, you get justice all back from the cross. It's like you're separated from the cross again. Because he says this, for your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trust, neither will your Father forgive yours. So it's almost like you have all the benefits of the cross and you cut it off because of unforgiveness. And then all of a sudden, when there's no blood and no cross, who comes? The devil. The devil's scared of the blood. The devil's scared of the... It's the power of the cross. It's, it's the cross that that took the authority back. It's the blood of Jesus. And what you do is you you basically separate yourself from the protection of the blood and the cross because now you're doing what Jesus let go. And it's like, you say, well, how? Well, he said, I'm going to do it first. They beat him. They spit on him. They plucked his beard out. They lied about him. And he didn't get offended. Can you imagine that? He said, I could call 10,000 angels right now, and I did, but I give myself up because I know what I'm doing. i to get some nails in it. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's go to Hebrews 12 and talk. see what happens with, with, when we don't um, walk in this. It says, have compassed, also compassed about a great cloud of witnesses. Go to verse 2. And unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. Yea, have not you resisted unto blood, striving against sin? And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you, unto the children. My son, thou despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when they are rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he has received. If you endure the chastening, God deals with you as sons. <clears throat> but... For what is a son of whom the father chastens not? But if you are without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we had fathers in our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall not much rather we be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? Subjection. For verily, verily, for a few days the chastening, after their own pleasure, but for our profit, that we might be partakers of His holiness. The chastening for this present seemed to be, seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto... So God's already on you to repent. But when you don't resist, when you resist Him, you're resisting the chastening. And what's, what happens is, you don't have the peaceable fruit of righteousness. There's always fruits of repentance. So, joy, peace, and the, and the, and, and the freedom knows you really repent in your heart. You can repent in your mind. Oh, I know I got to do that and do it, but you don't do it with your heart. It's it it doesn't work. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I know I got to do. Oh, God, forgive me. But you're like, you, you don't do it with your heart. You have to be, you have to basically feel it. Look at the cross. Say, oh God, how could I feel that God and thank Him or whatever, and then you basically release it to. And then God heals your heart. And you release the person, you release the offense, you release the accusation, you release the thing. And then what happens is, God, so you start to bear the fruits of, of, of Jesus. Joy, righteousness, peace in the Holy Ghost. And long-suffering, because long-suffering is, you are being done wrong, and you're not, you're not getting offended with it. You're loving so, God expects us to do that. And sometimes we get to the place where we believe that we, so we, we have to continue to keep our eyes on, well, look what He did for me. My sins were so much, and I've done so wrong, so how can I hold someone else accountable to what they've done wrong? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if it's murder. If someone killed someone in your family, if you don't forgive them and you're a Christian... You're going to suffer the same thing as the murderer, according to the Bible. Because God doesn't judge sin. Well, this is a little one and a big one. All of a sudden, you become the sin of unforgiveness. It comes upon you. Then God does not forgive you your 
trust me. It's very simple. And once you get a lifestyle, like, there's no way I can even step. We, we live a lot clearer with our mind and with, with, with relationships because the devil's always there to make you not want to do it. The devil's always there to um, move you to feel you have a right and you totally forget the Word of God and you exalt your situation or your assault or your, um, your um, offense that came your way and you justify that you're right. And God's like, you can't do that because look what I did for you. Because if you do that, then all your sin is back on you. It's really a heavy, heavy, heavy thing that God puts about this thing and He says it over and over again. And He says this, so wherefore, lift up your hands, which hang down, and your feeble knees, and make straight your paths of your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, let rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail, fall from the grace of God. So, so right there, blows. Look, once saved, always saved, because well, how can you fall from the grace of God and then say that you, you can't do something that you can get out of the presence of God? Like, people think because they said a prayer and they picked the right religion that they are, thanks, they are, have a ticket to do whatever they want, and that's how they live, and that's why they never have fruit of, of peaceful, fruit of righteousness. So what ends up happening? Even Christians that do get saved, and they don't, they, they never present all the fruits of righteousness that are in Galatians. So, here we go. Right here. Looking diligently, lest any man fall from grace, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and whereby many be defiled. Lest there be in a fornicated, profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward he had would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance. Through, and then we just see above this, there's peaceable fruit of repentance. Though he sought it carefully with tears, for, see, he didn't repent, but he thought he did. Because he cried about it. He was sad about what he did. But it wasn't repentance. True repentance means no matter what, you're not going to do it. When God sees you're established to do that, then He takes, it, it, it leaves you. Because it's like, it isn't a posture on the ground. Repentance doesn't mean you have to do it on your knees. You have to do it in your heart. You can do it standing on your head. You don't even have to talk to anybody. You let it out of your heart. You have the key, because right above all this, it says, and I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be on Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So you loosen yourself right out of that prison that you put yourself in, in the heavenlies. Because it's a spiritual battle. And the Bible says that, um, that if we exalt or anything we exalt above the Word of God, and it talks about God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So what ends up happening when we do not forgive people, it's a form of pride. We think we're right and we are justified and none of us never can be justified. It doesn't even matter if someone stabs you. God says, 
you're not giving them a license to say that what they did was right. You're, you're releasing them to God so He can deal with it. And He doesn't have to deal with you. That's how we have to live. Every minute of the day, doesn't matter, somebody cuts you off, then all of a sudden, we, we do not have any foundation to, to build upon, and there's no ground for bitter root to grow out of, because your heart will be growing the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It won't be growing the weeds and all the things that come out of our heart. Why does our heart get always messed up? Because we allow all the things in there and we water them. We meditate on them, which is watering your heart. Because you think here, the Bible we goes, so, um, mind, body, and soul. They're all connected. So, here is not the only thing. If it doesn't come here, it doesn't come out. You release in heart. Salvation comes in your heart. You have to think about it, know it in your heart, but it, Jesus comes into your heart and saves you. That means that's the part of the emo, uh, the part of the, the body. And if you ever go back and do that, listen to some of those messages about the soul, the mind, the body. I don't know which ones were like way, but they're really deep into that. So the heart is the ground of everything. We, we, we love God with all our heart, all our mind, all that is within us. So the mind has to know what it's doing. So the mind dictates the heart, but the heart is the emotions. So you can know to do right, and your heart doesn't really do it, but you're thinking you're doing because you're doing it in your mind, but you're not doing it with your heart. So you're like, no, I did. I, I, I really, you say it, you think it, you, and you let it go here, but you don't let it go here. And you're like, how do I let it go there? You have to really let it go here and really let it go because God can only let it take it. And you give it to Jesus. It's really, and when you start to live like that, you don't get it. You, it's like you'll get mad, but all of a sudden you'll forget about it. You, you stop remembering when you really repent in your heart. You don't remember. Someone has, something has to remind you. Like if, you, if something happened to you or this or... or um, Bad things happen to you, and what will remind you is colors. Um, something happened to me when I was younger, and whenever I smelt that cologne, it reminded me of that time. Because my senses, remind, but my heart didn't. Because if my heart was dictating that, it would make my mind go crazy and it'd be tormented. Because your mind dictates, your heart dictates your freedom in your mind. Because the battlefield's here. So if your heart condemns you, then the devil gets in here and talks you through your senses and you know that you're wrong because your heart's condemned you. So then the Bible says God is greater than your heart. So you release it to Him and He sets you free. So you need your heart set free. So when we really repent, our heart is free and even people be angry. I'm like, wow, I'm not even mad at them anymore today. And all of a sudden you're like, Wow, it's like, and then the things that, are, that, that come out of your heart start to grow, or bitterness starts to grow out of your heart. So it says here, For you, he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully. You can seek repentance and not, not obtain it. Right there, it is. And he sought it even with tears. And some people are more emotional than others. So it, it almost looks like they might be repenting, but they know because they're not really free. Because when you repent, you're free. There's, there's no respect to a person. It's, it, there's, there's spiritual laws that the devil cannot come against. It doesn't matter if he likes you worse or not, or the God doesn't. Because there are spiritual laws, and once they're done, 
the devil. And I'm telling you, if you can see it, angels come. If Satan is doing something out of his jurisdiction, he's not allowed. There's, there is things that God wants the word is, and we do the things, and then God flows in us. And then he flows out of us. So, it says, Come to the mount that you might not be touched and burned with fire unto the blood... The, black, the blackness and darkness of the tempest is the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, which is the voice that heard and treated that the word should not be spoken of them anymore. For they endured that which was commanded, and it goes on and on. It says, And in the terrible sight of Moses, exceedingly fear and quake. It goes on and on. It talks about, and Jesus, the mediator, it says, God, the judge of all, and, the, and to the spirits of the just, men made perfect, the church of the firstborn, written in heaven, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh the better things than, than of Abel. See that you don't not refuse him that speaketh, for he had escaped that refused and spoke on the earth, which is more an escape will be turned away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice shook the earth in the promise, saying, Once more you shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more signify the removing of those things that are shaken and things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken remain. So we've got to shake off every offense and all unforgiveness, because if not, we're, 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 we're fighting ourselves. Wherefore, receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, therefore have the grace wherefore we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Unforgiveness is offense that's never dealt with. Because offense, unforgiveness, well, what do you do? They did this to my mom, my family. She did this, did this. And it's meditated here and, and planted here. Because that's why God writes the word in our heart. But what do we do? We continuously read it. And we hear it. But he's the one writing it on his heart. So the spiritual unseen thing here is happening here in our heart, but it comes through the filter of our mind. So how do we guard our heart is guard our mind, gird the loins of our mind, fight and resist things that could come in, and guard our heart that nothing comes in. And we guard it through our mind. We don't meditate. That's why the Bible says meditate everything that's good, um, everything um, lovely, good, and pure. Think on those things. Think on things above. And what's on the earth? Evil, darkness, hate, envy, strife. We don't think on those things. We have to think on the things in heaven. Peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So, Satan makes people think they forgive because they acknowledge that, that they are hurt or they feel they've been done wrong. But there is always a fruit and freedom and forgiveness. Not fear and anger. We lose our rights at the cross. We all have. Jesus said, I paid the debt. Now you become a bondservant of Christ. So we don't have any rights anymore. And right here. So we see. Let's read Matthew. Just a little um, thing right here. Matthew 14. And they went and beheaded John in prison. So Jesus is having a bad day. His 
number one prophet that was preparing the way. It says, and they put his head in the charger, and they brought it to his mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and then they told Jesus. So Jesus, when Jesus heard it, Jesus departed. So he just wanted to be alone. Right? He probably wanted to want to pray to the Father. Oh my gosh. He's like, I didn't realize that was going to happen or whatever. He didn't know. They had to tell him. And he went to be by himself. And they followed him on foot all of the cities. And when the people had heard of they all started following. And Jesus went forth, and they saw a great multitude, and moved with compassion toward them. He healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past, and the multitude is away. And go to the, so it goes there, and he's talking about he's preaching to them, and they don't eat. So Jesus feeds them. So it goes on and on. I'm getting to this about looking at the attitude of the disciples, how they could have got, if you're wondering where I'm going now, how they could easily gotten offended all the time with Jesus, and they never did. And they didn't even have the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus even one time said, called Peter Satan, he should, he should be really angry with him. But watch this what God showed me with this one when Peter didn't do it. He said, and that's why Peter was able to, 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 to endure a lot of things. And it says, so they so bring his so he commanded the multitude to sit down and know that. And we know the miracle he did with the 5,000. And then straightway he constrained his disciples to go into the ship. Then he tells them, now go into the ship. He just did this amazing miracle with the loaves and fishes and fed all the people. Then he went into the ship to go before him on the other side. And they sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went to the mountain apart to pray. And the evening was come. And he was there alone. But the ship now is in the midst. I think he's in the midst of a storm in the sea. Being tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, they're there. He sets them into a storm. And it's funny. I believe he set the whole thing up. God set up for the disciples. And he's like... Alright, he goes away. He just does this great miracle to show like how miraculous God is. Sometimes we don't remember all the time what God's done on the cross, what He's done for us. And all these things come. And He's like, He just did this miracle. They had two fishes and five loaves. Right? What is it? Five loaves and two loaves. And He fed 5,000 people whatever in groups of 50 and had 12 baskets left over. Or if that was the 4,000 one, it doesn't matter. He did this big miracle. So he's like showing them the miracle and the power right in their face. Then he sends them in the storm. And, and, and he goes the other way. And then here's the storm. And they're all on the boat. Now, look at this. And he went and he sent to the multitude away. And he went up into the mountain to pray. And the evening came in the storm. And the toss with the waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch... Of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the water, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. And straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. 
So he's like, be happy. They're in a storm. He's like, be happy. Like, they're in a storm, and he's expecting them to be happy. And they're not. They're afraid, and he's, and he's not happy about that. Then Jesus is happy that they're not happy because he's there. He's like, why are you happy? You just saw me feed the 5,000. Why would you be afraid when you know that I'm here and I said it's me? But now you're still afraid. So he's, he could easily get offended with them, but he didn't get offended. He had righteous anger, and he started to correct them. And what he always does. And so look what he does. He's like, be of good cheer. It's me. Who cares if there's a storm? I'm here. Who cares? And, and that's what God, like, with, with kind of like your dream you had with that. It's like, who cares? I'm, I'm right here. And he's like, don't you see me? I'm right here, and you're still in fear. And he says, he says, So the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, This is the Spirit. And they cried out for fear. And straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Then Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, like he's all right, you say it's you, but if it's really you, bid me to come on the water. If it's you, let me walk on the water too. Because he just saw the miracles. And he's like, if he can walk on the water, why can't I? You know, we, we were the ones handing out the bread. And they were multiplying right in our face. So he's like, okay, bid me to come. Walk on the water. And... He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Dude, the guy was walking on the water. I mean, is that, you, you understand that? Like, on the ocean, he wasn't sinking, he walked out of the boat, and he's walking on the water with Jesus. And God showed me too, like, walking on the water is like walking in faith, is walking in the Spirit. The Spirit has no... No, no earthly form to weigh you down. Heavy. When you're walking in the Spirit totally, you don't have nothing holding you down. You have nothing holding you back. And you, you're, you're just like you're floating. On, and so Jesus and Peter's walking on the water. And he said, and, and, and he's walking on, and he said, Come, and Peter, and was down at the ship. And when he saw the wind, so now what did he do? He got his eyes on Jesus now, and he started looking at the wind. And the, and the loud, and all the noise. And of course, we got the revelation about all of them in the boat saying stuff about him. Probably like, look at him, what is he doing? He's, that's crazy, how's he doing that? Whatever. Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus, and he saw, and he was, a, and, he, and then when he heard all that, he was afraid. Faith, 100%, so being afraid, just like that. And he began to sing. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and he caught him. And he said unto him, O oh, thou of little faith, where did thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. So, God had me stop there, and I was like, he said, look at it again. Like, so here's Jesus. Now Peter walked on water. How much faith that would take to walk on water? Now he just walks on water. I mean, and then Jesus says he has little faith. The rest of the guys didn't even get out of the boat. This guy, Peter, 
would have every reason to be offended at you. Look what I just did. I just walked on water, Jesus. You're telling me I have no faith? I, I, he, could, he could get offended. Say, he, he's always hard on me. He's always this. No, he didn't. Peter didn't do that. What did Peter do? He knew it was Jesus. And he listened to him. Can you imagine? You walk on water a little bit, and then he yells at you that you have no faith. You know how much faith it would take to walk on Any of you go and walk on water right now. But if Jesus is right there, he says you can walk on water. And he says that, in other words, you can do anything. He said you can move a mountain with just a measure of faith. He didn't say you need buckets, loads of faith to do certain things. A measure of faith. And he continues to say, yea, of little faith. Be not afraid. So he's saying, right there. So, Peter could be like, that's it. This guy, I can't even, I walked on water and I have little faith. These guys don't even, what do they have? Uh, no faith? You know, and get all angry and go, you know, storm off and, and, and hold this record of wrong? No, he, he didn't. He's like, well, whatever. And he was like, so cool. So, and immediately Jesus stretched over his hand and caught him and... And, and then he said that he said that. Then he went into the ship, and the wind ceased. And then they were in the ship, and they worshipped him. They didn't get angry. They didn't get offended. They worshipped him. Saying, of this truth, thou art the Son of God. They kept their perspective right. And when they were gone over, they came into the land. And this place had knowledge of him around the country. And then Jesus started doing all the miracles and all that. What if he got offended? What if Peter got offended when, when, um, basically, what if Peter got offended with, um, somebody get the, um, bring me a Bible real quick. Chapter 13, uh, first, uh, second, uh, second, chapter 13. I was like, she's already there. I didn't even say it. Like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I was supposed to have on that on there because um, First Corinthians chapter 13. So, this is how we stay from offenses. Right here, go to, all the way down to verse 4. Love suffers long. Suffers long. Doesn't, but when things get tough, just not out. It says this. And is kind. Love doesn't get jealous. Love doesn't puff itself up or make itself better than others. Um, doesn't vaunt, um, vaunt itself. Love does not behave unseemly. Seeks not its own. And this is, these are the ones here I want you. Love is not easily provoked. Thinks no evil. So that's the key of not walking in fence is walking in love. Right? Pretty simple. And then there's no way to love if we're not walking in the Spirit. 
So it all goes, it always goes together. The, 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 the walking in the flesh does, ends up doing the other thing, and everything goes with that. So the key is to stay walking in the Spirit. Love, love seeks not its own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, re rejoices not in iniquity. What would that mean? Someone that you're feeling that they mess up or they're in trouble, you're like, yeah. That's that um, spitefulness. You wanna, you're hoping they fall or they mess up or they lose, and that's what ends up happening when you when you don't forgive somebody. You want them to get in a car crash. You're like, I hope they're, you know, they lose their job. That's not the heart of the kingdom. And we all get that. So, like somebody does something wrong, because also we have to guard our hearts at all times. Because once we start doing that, it says if your eye is not single. Your whole body, how much darkness is your whole body gets filled with dark. It just starts coming in. And then bitter roots come in. So it's like we could have been the most loving, kind person all of a sudden. And then we're supposed to be getting better. All of a sudden we retract because we're not, we can't walk in love anymore because we have an offense. Then you can't do it with anybody. Then all of a sudden it's not just one person. It's this person. It's that person. And it says this. And then it says... But rejoices in the truth, bears all things. What does that mean? Bears all things. Whatever comes out, it bears it. It doesn't react to it. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. And is this King James? Yes. Oh yeah. But I know there's there's one. Or did I skip it? This is one of the major ones in that. Did I, did I pass it by? It's a, the one that I'm used to saying, reading. And the one number one thing about love never takes record of wrong. Is it not in here? Did I, did I miss it? As though it never existed. Yeah, it's funny because I thought that was in the... Because in... One of these Bibles, <laughs> and I thought it was the King James. I don't read any other Bible, but love takes no record of wrong, right? Maybe it's the New King James or something. You see it in there? You guys got a Bible? First Corinthians thirteen five. Thirteen five. Leave it to itself. Seek its own. It's not. You ain't got it in your Bible, though. I don't know. You better check this out. Well, it says KJV. Oh, this is the white version. Anyway, that's that's the key. Never taking record of wrong. Right? If you don't take record of wrong, I mean, a record means you're taking and you're, you're recording it. And we record things in our heart. We need to have that eraser. And the blood of Jesus erased everything like that. And He sets us free. So when we don't forgive, and I'm done, and our brothers and whatever, we end up getting tormented. And what ends up happening is we're in as much sin as the person that sinned against us in the kingdom. But we've had this thing that says, well, you know, I, I, I have a right. I was done wrong. But we never repay evil for evil either. There's a bunch of scriptures, but I knew it was a weekday night. And I just wanted to get the point across to remind us to get every offense out of our heart. I'm going to open the altar to, for us to 
to ask God. So maybe you have somebody did you wrong in your childhood. Somebody, your kids did you wrong. Your parents did you wrong. Maybe somebody, we're going to and ask God to pull out every root of bitterness, every root of every seed of offense that we've that we've taken record. And and the funny thing is, and not, it's not funny at all, but what what usually happens is because we're not stirred up in that area right then, we think we've forgotten everything. But the minute um, something happens with that same person. If you pull out the whole laundry list from the last year, like people do that in marriages, well, two years ago, we were on that trip, and you, remember, you didn't show up, or you didn't get me flowers on this day? And that, what, know what that is? Those are records of wrong. And when you can remember that, see, I don't remember things. He was like, remember it? I was like, no. It's like, it's hard for me to try to even remember anything anyone's done wrong to me. And that's the way we need to live. I can't even, and you know what, it's done a lot. I mean, people do things wrong to each other all the time. But when you don't go to bed on that or even think about it, right away it's going to hit you and you have a chance to react. You can take it home, water it, and take it, and it'll kill you in the kingdom. Because you get out, it's like you're saved, but you're not living the benefits of the salvation anymore. Because now you're in a tormenting place with Satan. Because you're choosing not to forgive someone when God's forgiven us all of our debt and all of our sin. It's pretty simple, right? But sometimes the enemy is so strategic in how he does it. He sets things up for a while, he reminds, and all of a sudden he gets us. And all of a sudden, someone that we even walked with or been in a relationship with, and people even have that with boyfriends and girlfriends, all of a sudden they end up hating someone that they said they loved. How can you hate someone that you loved? It's like that. Kind of like the deal going on right now. It's like... The guy gets on there, he's mad because he got busted, and he's the president's attorney. So, basically, this guy's mad because he's not backing him up or whatever, but he did all these other things that really had nothing to do with that. So he's saying that. Now, all of a sudden, the president, the one that he worked for, basically is this horrible, lawless person. And then you're like, well, but why did you work for him for 10 years if he's so bad? Unless... You had you were bad and you wanted something other things. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so now all of a sudden the guy's bad, but then if he was really bad, then why would you be with him for ten years? So this guy must have had all that stuff, but you know what? The money was too good for him. So the money must have been his God. Because if he either that or he just got he's now offended at him because of certain situation. Now he's up there trying to get Slay, and that's what we end up doing. We end up gossiping, talking. So someone will get a side offense and go there and have that. And that's where gossip starts. And, you know, someone can come leave here. And someone wants to and, and gets an offense with me or somebody else or someone. And there's somebody that they meet. And they're talking, oh, I think I'm going to go to that place. And, and uh, God showed me that. And then I said, oh, da 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 And they can, we contaminate people, and we start to work for the devil. So we, get, we, 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 we even get people offended at people we're offended at. Because you're friends with somebody, and if your heart's not right, you can get someone to start not liking someone just because you don't like them, and they never even met them. And that's not how we do it in the kingdom. So, Father, we ask you that you, that you search our hearts right now, Oh, I wish we had the, the songs because um, 
That song, The Table, would have been really good right now. I can find it on YouTube. You got it on YouTube? Yeah, The Table. And um, Father, we just ask you, and even if you're watching um, in, 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 on YouTube or whatever, um, let God search your heart right now. If you're offended at an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, daughter, sister, brother, somebody let you down, somebody betrayed you. People get betrayed all the time, but God should one thing, just never be a betrayer yourself. Everyone's going to be betrayed, but you can live your life and never betray somebody. How do you say that? Because everybody will, because the odds are not there. Jesus was betrayed several times, but the big betrayal was Judas. But Jesus never betrayed anybody. Jesus never got offended. Jesus paid the price for all of us. So Father, we just pray right now that you clean our hearts. And we say this. Just let's pray right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I forgive every single person from my past and in my future that will do me wrong, that has done me wrong, that has trespassed against me. Father, I ask you to clean my heart to clean my mind, to wash me clean. I release every single person that I know or believe that has done me wrong. I give up my rights to be right. I give up all the anger, the bitterness, the resentment, all the things that would spoil and make me bitter in my heart. I ask you, Father, to forgive me for holding others accountable for their mistakes, for their sin, when you have forgiven me for so much. Right now, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the blood. And right now, I bind the spirit of unforgiveness in the root and in the seeds of offense, I pluck them out by the blood in the name of Jesus. I renounce unforgiveness, hate, and the spirit of murder, jealousy, and all those spirits. In Jesus' mighty name, I am free right now. Satan, loose my heart. Loose my mind, and I bless all those who curse me in Jesus' name. And I, once and for all, I forgive myself for all of my shortcomings, for all of my mistakes, and I will not put condemnation upon myself. I ask you tonight, Father, give me sweet sleep. We push back darkness. We open up doors of light, doors of revelation, doors of truth, doors of mercy, doors of grace. And I thank you for the cross. And I forgive myself. In Jesus' name, amen.